Well, good morning, everybody, and uh, or good afternoon, or good evening, where, wherever you are in the world watching. Uh, it's wonderful to be together. And uh, I want to wish you all a very happy Father's Day. All of you have a father and, uh, well, at least you have a biological father. Every one of us have that in common. Uh, but happy Father's Day to all of our dads and happy Father's Day to all of you dads that are all over the world watching. Happy Father's Day. And I want to continue our series, Undivided. And I've had this burning in my heart all week where Murray preached a wonderful message last week out of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6 and talked about the hope that is ours in Christ Jesus that is in the spirit of unity. And he preached out of Ephesians 4. And uh, I want to just take one line, Ephesians 4, verse 6, where it says, One God and Father of us all. One God and Father of us all. And I realised all week I've been thinking about this. It doesn't matter what our backgrounds are. It doesn't matter what our race or our ethnicity or our preferences, our political party preferences, whatever it happens to be, it doesn't matter where we live. It doesn't matter what our social economic standing is. What is the fundamental truth for all of us is that we have one God who is our Father, one God and Father of us all. And I love it that our Father is not ashamed of us. He's not ashamed to be, called our, to be called our Father. When Adam sinned, as I was preaching two weeks ago, when Adam sinned and took us from original goodness into original sin and we all sinned with him, the Father could have just said, you know what, that's it, they're done. They're full of sin now, they're evil, they're shameful. That's it, I'm gonna cut them off. And he could have done that except for this. He's our dad. He's our Father and He could not abandon us. He could not leave us or forsake us because He is love. He's the eternal lover. He's the eternal lover who's loved the eternal Son, the Beloved. From all of eternity and into all of eternity, He is the Father. He's our Daddy. God is one, but He's revealed in three distinct persons. He's revealed as the Father, He's revealed as the Beloved, and He's revealed as the love Himself. It is, it is the nature of love for there to be three persons in love, the Lover, the Beloved, and the Love. And because of this, we have been brought in to the Beloved as beloveds, even though we've sinned, even though we turned our back on God, we were sent out of the garden, the Father and the Son waved to us, knowing that there would be a day in history. And that day came 2,000 years ago when the Word Himself would be made flesh, when God the Father and God the Son would reveal their awesome rescue mission to bring us all into the family of God once again, not just to bring us back into the garden, but to bring us into what we were always destined to be, which is the heart of the Father, the true eternal home that God has always intended us to have. Something even better than the Garden of Eden, the Father Himself for eternity, the Son Himself for eternity. And Paul, the apostle understood this. 
And so he says that God is the Father of us all. And then he writes to the Thessalonians in both his letters, in 1 Thessalonians verse one and 2 Thessalonians verse one, he says this, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, check that out. The Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul through Revelation to enable him to say to the church of Thessalonians, this is a church in Thessalonica, a vast city in ancient, um, in ancient uh, Europe or Asia Minor. I'm not exactly sure exactly where Thessalonica, I guess it would be Europe because it's in, in the city of, in the nation of Greece at that time. But um, he says to this vast the, the, the believers in this vast city, you are the church of Thessalonia, an undivided church. One church in the city of Thessalonia or of Thessalonia, but you're not just in Thessalonia, you're actually in a wholly different realm altogether. You are in the Father. You're in the Father. You are in Jesus Christ. And you know, when I think about that, that we are the church in the Father, in our Lord Jesus Christ, that means that the Father's love gift to us through His Son was not just eternal life in His Son, which is a gift that would, be, that would take us all eternity to thank Him for it. But He's gone even more than that. He said, you are in my Son, and because my Son is in me, you are in my love eternally. And that love is a relationship that I've had from eternity between, my, between myself and between my son and between my son and myself. Me to my son, my son to me. And that relationship is the relationship that I'm giving you, not just with Jesus and the Father, but I'm giving it to you, each other, because you are one, you're undivided. You're not separated either from Jesus or the Father. You're not separated from one another. That's why we cannot allow a mentality of separation to enter into our hearts. We are not a, a people that focus on our differences. We're a people that celebrate our differences and focus on our union in Christ Jesus. And I want to just take a moment to share with you from the Scriptures and we're going to zoom in on the prayer that Jesus gave us. We call it the Lord's Prayer. And I'm sure it was the Lord's Prayer, except the fact that He gave it to us. So we really should call it our prayer. But I'm not trying to be cute in that. I'm trying to say that this prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer, and I'm sure it was the prayer that He prayed, is actually, a, is actually our prayer. That Jesus and the Father always wanted us to pray because they want us to enjoy the same exact quality of relationship that they've had from eternity. They wanted that relationship to be what we experience. So Matthew 6 verse 5, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand in the synagogues 
and on the street corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men, by people. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. And what's that reward? The praise of other people. Wow, you're so spiritual. Wow, you must be really holy. Wow, you're so religious. Goodness, that's amazing. You're so good. I'm so, I, I can't be like you. You're amazing. And that's a, and Jesus said that's a reward, but it's an earthly reward and it's in this realm and it doesn't last more than two seconds. But when you pray, go into your room and when you've shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. The Father is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, this is a fascinating reality. When I go into the secret place, I can't see anybody. There's no one there. At least not in the realm that my physical eyes and ears can see and hear. There have been moments in my life, just fleeting moments. I remember one particular day in, in Canada, I was lying on my bed having an afternoon nap uh, or just relaxing on my bed about to have an afternoon nap. And all of a sudden I heard a voice say, Duncan, just like that. Wow, it just shook me to the core of my being. It was the most beautiful, loving, kind voice. And I knew that it was the voice of my father. And all he said was my name, but that was enough for me to know that he loved me and that he was there. But 99.99999% of the time that I'm in the secret place, I don't hear him and I don't see him. But that doesn't mean that he's not there because Jesus said he's in the secret place place. And he'd said to Thomas, Thomas, you've touched my wounds. You've seen me and you've believed, but blessed are those who never touch and never see me yet believe because faith pleases God. And so when we go into that secret place, we must understand that our Father is right in that place. And like Kate was talking about, we've all been in, in various degrees of lockdown all around the world, almost every nation of the world. We've had some kind of lockdown going on. What an opportunity for us to encounter God in the secret place. And I almost feel like this sense of, you know, there's every, we all wanna get back to our days, our, our lives the way we knew them. And I feel this sense of uh, almost in a way, I could describe it as sadness. That's my interpretation. I'm sure it isn't sadness, but there's this sense in the heart of the Father that says, ah, I was really, really, really excited about y'all being with me in the secret place at this time. And I just wanna say, we probably have had something that almost no other generation has had or not many generations have had where we have been forced into a place where we could go into the secret place. And I don't wanna be somebody who for whatever reason missed out on the opportunity. Somebody said to me the other day, oh, by the way, did you invest in the stock market when the stocks and everything was so low? And I said, no, at that time I didn't have any cash to just spend like that. So no, I didn't. And I didn't wanna go into debt to do that. So no, I, I didn't take that, that moment. You know, one thing with this, that's one thing with money in the stock market, and I have no regrets about that. It just wasn't for me at that moment. 
but I don't want to be in a situation where somebody says to me, did you take the opportunity to go into the secret place when everything was locked down? And I turn around and say, no, I didn't. I, I, just, I was just so longing to get back together. You know, I wanna release that impartation to you all that whether it's one more week or one more month or one more year, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know whether this pandemic is gonna explode in a greater level or diminish. I hope it diminishes. I hope that devil's kicked off of the planet. That virus is kicked out of our lives and we never, ever, ever are terrorized again by COVID-19. That's my hope. But I tell you what, whether it's one week, one month or one year, may we take the opportunity to engage with the Father in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the nations do, the Gentiles, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, don't be like them, for your daddy knows, your father knows the things that you have need of before you even ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. In other words, as we forgive, would you forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us? And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and yours is the power and yours is the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive, verse 14, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. I wanna take this scripture from verse nine onwards and I wanna open it up just a little bit. I want you to notice that Jesus said, pray therefore in this manner. And he starts with our Father who is in heaven. He didn't say, pray this manner, my Father who's in heaven. See, so often we have this mentality of division, even when it comes to the expression of our spirituality, which is really religion when it's focused on ourselves and when ourselves are the focus of our activity with regards to our relationship with God. That is religion, ungodly religion. It's based on works. It's centered around 
ourselves, where we make ourselves the centerpiece of salvation, where our salvation is all about what I'm going to get. I'm going to get eternal life. I'm going to get uh, all the riches of heaven. I'm going to be able to use the Word of God to bring about a Mercedes or a BMW into being. I'm going to be able to use the Word of God to get my house in order I'm, and get an upgrade in my house. I'm going to be able to use the Word of power to get a better job and to prosper. It's all about me. When in reality, Jesus is saying very clearly here, it's actually not about me, I. In fact, Jesus came and crucified the I. He came and He put the cross straight through the middle of that I, boom! Because it's not about I. It's not about the sin, the original sin of Adam. It's about the original goodness of Adam and Eve, the family of humanity in the family of God. It's all about family. It's about our Father. It's about us together. It's about you and me and them. He's the God who is our Father, not my Father, not your Father, but our Father together. And Jesus, as a man in flesh and blood, made in the likeness, willing to be, be born in the likeness of sinful flesh, Romans 8 verse 3, John 1 14, He says, in His humanity, as the Son of God, as the beloved Son, who's the exact representation of the Father's being and the exact radiance of His glory. And as Murray pointed out to me and, and uh, many of us many a few months ago, He so perfectly reveals the Father that Isaiah said way back in the Old Covenant, His name will even be Everlasting Father. And here's Jesus now, the exact representation of the everlasting Father, the exact representation of the everlasting Father's glory. And He says, say this when you pray, our Father, including Himself in the hour. And that is the best news that a human heart can ever, ever try to wrap our heads and hearts around, that Jesus' Father is our Father, that the same Father that He's had from all of eternity is our Father right now and will be our Father for all of eternity. He's the Father of lights who brings good gifts. Everything belongs to Him. And when we surrender the I and the me and we let go of our rights and we let go of our identity in Adam and we choose rather to come into through faith our identity in the Son, our identity in the second man, Jesus Christ, who rose from the dead. Death couldn't hold Him. He is eternal life. When we say, I've died and my life is now hidden with Christ in God. Colossians 3.3. And when Christ who appears, who is my life appears, we also will appear with Him in glory. When we have that mentality, not I, but you, not me, but us. Boom! Heaven begins to invade earth. The manifestation of the Trinity becomes our experience. Where even the Trinity, it's never been about the Son. 
It's never been about the Father. It's never been about the Holy Spirit. It's always been about the Godhead. Elohim, plural in Hebrew, plural in Hebrew, one God. Hear, O Israel, our God is one God, yes, but He's revealed in three distinct persons. And we see that most especially revealed when Jesus comes up out of the water in the baptism moment where John baptizes Him. And He comes up out of the water and the heavens are opened and the voice speaks from above. Jesus goes on later, three years later in John uh, 14, it's not me who says the things, the words that I say. It's not me who does the works that I do. It's my Father living in me who speaks and who does the miracles. And yet here we have Jesus coming out of the water and the voice distinctly speaks from heaven. It doesn't speak from on the inside as though it's somehow contained now in this flesh. It is fully, 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 fully embodied in the flesh of Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God in flesh, was one with His Father. Yet from the heavens, the Father speaks and says, you are my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And because He's speaking the eternal Word over the Word incarnate right now, those words of love and affirmation that He's heard from all of eternity, they cannot just be spoken. They have to be backed up by the Spirit, the Word and the Spirit operating all the time, which is why everybody, make sure you spend time in the Word of God because you cannot know which Spirit you're listening to and following if you don't know the Word of God. And so here's Jesus, He comes out of the water, He hears the voice of the Father, but it's, it's impossible for the Father to speak without the Holy Spirit, the lover Himself, also descending. And so the Spirit of God descends upon Him like a dove and envelops Him in that liquid golden honey love of the Father. Jesus hasn't done a single miracle at this point. He hasn't opened any blind eyes. He hasn't raised anybody from the dead. He has done nothing to make him famous except serve his mom and dad back home with a faithful heart. And then here he is now and the Father speaks his words of love and affirmation. I believe that that is wholly exactly what the Trinity intended in the whole sequence. It wasn't even when he went down into the water. It was when he came up out of the water. And it symbolizes that moment when you and I in our faith in Jesus Christ, not only was the Son raised, but we were raised with Him and we're alive in Him. And now our Father, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Father speaks into our hearts. And when we go into the secret place and we lay down before God, if we quiet our hearts, we'll hear that same voice. You are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You're my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. And at the same time, because you can't separate the Word and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will descend upon you and rest upon you. And you will experience what Jesus experienced, that liquid golden honey love. And your 
divided heart will be an undivided heart. Your mentality of how you view humanity will be transformed. And instead of seeing people and all their differences and all the ways you disqualify them from your love, all of a sudden you'll realise the same qualifying love that qualified you in the midst of your sin, that grace that came upon you is the same grace that Daddy God is lavishing upon that person that you have so much difficulty liking and loving. Ah, I want to just take a moment to say that there's something about this love that transforms our hearts, whereby now because of His love, His will is our passion. In religion, His will is hard. We don't exactly know what it is. So we self-interpret what that will would be according to our rules and regulations. And the devil makes sure that he speaks, whispers the dominion of darkness constantly into our hearts that we have not matched up, that we are therefore shameful, that we'll never ever make it and we get discouraged. And before you know it, we're in despair and we're just in shame and we're thinking, oh no, I'm never gonna make it. When in reality, what we're doing in those moments is we're listening to the wrong father. We're listening to the father of lies instead of the father of light. I remember my friend Carlos Rodriguez writing that in his amazing book that he wrote and uh, in the, as I was reading this, at that time it was called, um, what's the name of Carlos's book, somebody? Sonship. Happy Sonship, that's it. Happy Sonship. You can get that book, read that book. It's an amazing, amazing book by Carlos A. Rodriguez. Happy Sonship. And, and I remember as I was reading uh, one of the early copies of the book, pre-releases actually, and he writes this amazing chapter. You will be fathered by one of two fathers. You'll either allow yourself to be fathered by the father of lights or you will be fathered by the father of lies. One way or another, you're going to be fathered. And I think all too often, certainly for myself, before I knew Jesus, before I was centered in the father, I lived being fathered by the father of lies. It went something like this, Duncan, you're a nothing, you're a nobody. You're not like everybody else. They're nice, but not you. That's why you keep being rejected because you're unworthy. You're unworthy of love and that rejection is leading to abandonment and you hate being lonely, don't you? You absolutely hate it. So you know what? What you've got to do is you've got to control your world. You've got to show everybody how amazing you are. You've got to perform in this or perform in that or perform in the other. And he is such a tricky father of lies, so full of deceit. He'll even use Christianity to father you with lies, with a false religion, a false version of true Christianity, true life in Christ Jesus. He'll happily have you listening to churchianity instead of Christianity, where your life is centered on what you, in churchianity and and other forms of false religion, we're centered in ourselves and what we can do for God instead of being centered in who God is and what He's done for us. And the Father of lights is a beautiful, beautiful Father. And He's a Father who is good. 
And one of my favorite verses in the scripture, Psalm 119 verse 68 says, you are good and you do good. Therefore, I'll obey your commands. You see, Jesus had no problem obeying his father's will because he knew and experienced constantly the goodness of his heavenly daddy. And I wanna invite you that as you spend time in the secret place, as you walk in the revelation that you're in Christ Jesus, in the Father, not just you alone, but all y'all, all of us together, that we're being fathered by the Father of lights. The goodness of God will ever increasingly become our experience. And out of the experience of His goodness and His love, it will reinforce the patterns of our, of our brains that we go into the synapse pathways of our brains where we have one desire, the goodness of God, one desire to do His will, one desire to know and feel His presence, one person that we want to listen to in the voice of chaos around us, the Father of lights, and be weaned off in a lifetime of letting go of that false father, the father of lies. And Jesus goes on to say, do not lead us into temptation. Don't lead us in a pathway where we're constantly being fathered by the father of lies. Lead us in your goodness. Lead us in your light. Deliver us from the evil one, the prince of darkness, the father of lies. And be careful, everybody. The father of lies disguises himself in all kinds of things. He'll dress himself up and look even as much like Jesus as he possibly can. The Bible tells us he's an angel of light, masquerading, looking. And I think that's the key, masquerading. He's always puffed up. He always knows best. His opinion is always right in his own mind. And he constantly deceives you away, enticing you to yourself instead of leading you to Jesus and the life of Christ and others. And I want to take this, these last moments of this message to zero in on a really important key for living in the kingdom and living in the family of God, living knowing that He's our Father together, and that is forgiveness. You see, Jesus gave us a key to what enables us to live undivided with one another. What enables us to live undivided, as Kate was saying earlier, we live in this world, Jesus said. We live in this world. We're surrounded by evil. The presence of evil is all around us. Our own hearts can be deceived and the evil can be in our own thinking. And yet Jesus says, there is a way that you can live undivided. There's a place where you can live free of the Father's lies. But to do that, you have to walk in forgiveness. You have to walk in forgiveness. Now, one of the areas where I think we find it the most difficult to forgive is in the area of fatherhood. The area of fatherhood. You see, God intended us all to be fathered by Him and He's our perfect Father. He's a perfect Father. And originally His intent in the original goodness was that we would, Adam and Eve would reach out and eat the fruit of, of life 
instead of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And in doing that, we would all be born into original goodness instead of being born into original sin. And had we been born into the original perfection of the Father, we would have experienced a perfect Father being manifested to us by our earthly fathers. But instead, we've all experienced imperfect fathers. Even good dads are not perfect dads. And sometimes people that have had the best dads can actually experience the hardest, deepest wounds because their heart is so used to their good dad that when their good dad has an evil day, has an evil moment, has a moment where they go overboard, lose their temper or whatever, or say words that the, the, the child is not used to, those harsh words can actually go right in and sting equally as badly, if not worse, than somebody who's grown up with no dad or a really bad dad whose heart has practiced and become hardened to the nastiness of their dad. And so they've got this protective wall around their heart. I'm not saying that's good. I'm just saying that I want you to understand it doesn't matter whether your dad was good or your dad was bad. Your dad was not perfect. And so because of that, you have dad wounds. You have father wounds. That's something that we all have in common. And those wounds can keep us divided. Those wounds can keep us from loving each other. We're looking for love in all the wrong places. We're trying to find connection to a father in all the wrong places. We've said no to our earthly dads because they hurt us. And now we go looking for earthly dads left, right and centre. We might find... Uh, we might look for our earthly dad in politics. We might look for our earthly dad in people of the same skin colour as us. We might look for our earthly dad in people that are rich. We might look for our earthly dads in our professors. We might look for our earthly dads in our pastors. We might look for our earthly dads in, in a mother who also is imperfect. There are imperfect dads all over the world. And Jesus said, our father is in heaven. Our Father's in heaven. And Jesus came so that we could know the Father and we could know Him for eternity. Murray, can I just borrow you for just two seconds quickly? And Jesus came to show us the Father. You see, we were given an earthly dad to show us the Father, but that earthly dad proved to be an imperfect father. And although his purpose, God's purpose was that our earthly dads would help us to know our perfect father. Actually, they became a blockage to us. And instead of being able to see our heavenly daddy up there, all we can see is our earthly dad. And our earthly dad is either mean or our earthly dad has turned his face from us, doesn't care about us, never recognises us, doesn't want to know us, doesn't call us up for a coffee, doesn't call us up for dinner. In fact, our earthly dad might be completely removed altogether from our lives. We might have never, ever known our dad. We might grow up not knowing our dad. And so Father's Day becomes something that's painful for some people, joyful for those that have a good father. But even with those of us that have had good fathers, a reminder of some of the pains because our fathers were not perfect. And I want you in this moment on Father's Day to know and understand you have a perfect father. Jesus came to reveal the father. He came to reveal the Father and He took all of our sin and all of our shame and everything that separated us from the Father. He took it all on the cross. But even then, we have such a deep-seated 
mistrust in fatherhood, all of us, that we look at Jesus on the cross and we say, oh yeah, he's lovely, he's amazing, he died for my sin, he's beautiful, he's the Prince of Peace, he's kind, he brought all the children to himself. And then, but we have this mentality, but watch out for the Father who's right behind him. And if it wasn't for Jesus on the cross, the Father would have just, the Father would just kill us. I know what you, I know your sin. Yes, you better be glad the blood of Jesus has cleansed you. Otherwise I would kill you and send you to hell. And we have this inbuilt distrust towards our earthly dad and our heavenly dad because of the imperfections of our earthly fathers and our experience. And the only way through that, Jesus is saying, is that you give a gift of forgiveness that your earthly dads don't deserve. And it's not just a gift of forgiveness to our earthly dads that we wanna give a gift to today. It may well be that you, you, as I do, need to give a gift of forgiveness to yourself because you're an imperfect dad. I'm a grandfather now, I've got three grandkids. If I'd known how good grandparenting would, would be, I would have skipped being a dad altogether and gone straight to it. But instead, I have been a father for 26 years of three children, three daughters, and I was far from perfect. And I made a lot of mistakes and I hurt my girls. And I'm so thankful to the Lord that I was able to have at least the presence of mind most of the time to go and see them after I'd hurt them and ask their forgiveness. But nevertheless, my heart still easily accuses itself and I line up with the father of lies and start thinking I'm a really bad dad. I'm a really bad parent. I must be because I've done this, this, this and this. And it's only as we learn to give ourselves a gift of forgiveness that we can come back to the father of light and remind ourselves that yes, we made mistakes, but he's their true father and he's more than made up for those mistakes. And I thank God that my children know the father's love, despite the fact that I've done everything to give them every good reason to be resentful and not be celebrating Father's Day. I thank God for the grace of God, that He has given me the ability to forgive myself. He's most especially given them the ability to forgive me. And now there's peace and joy in our experience. And we can have an undivided relationship with one another. I want, it, I want that for you. Let's just stand. If you're sitting down right now, why don't you just stand up? If you're driving your car, please sit down. But nevertheless, uh, Wherever you are right now, take a moment with the Father. Go into the secret place. The number one secret place is your heart and His heart. Go into that secret place right now and just let, just say, Holy Spirit, would you let the cinematography begin? Would you let the film begin? Holy Spirit, not just in this moment, Lord, but throughout the whole day, of this Father's Day. Holy Spirit, I ask you that you would literally take me on a journey back through my life. Show me all the areas where I've been listening to the Father of lies. Lord, show me where I've been wounded by my earthly father, where I've had judgment against my earthly father, where I found it so hard to forgive him because he wasn't there for me or he, he was there, but he had no interest in me. Or he abandoned me and left me 
for another woman, whatever it might be. Oh, he was a good man, but he wasn't perfect. And almost his goodness hurt me all the more when he was acting out of his sin, <clears throat> whatever it might be. And for some of you, it might be so painful because he abused you. Your earthly father abused you. Some of you, he abused you physically, beating you, getting drunk and beating you. Wherever you are in the world right now, listening to me, let the Father of lights shine his perfect love upon your heart right now. It broke his heart that your dad did that to you, that your dad so misrepresented the Father's love to you. Maybe you had a very religious dad who insisted on you going to church and it just, it just so wounded your heart and you said, I will never go to church again. I'm done with the church. I hate the church. It's so boring. My dad was so strict on me, so legalistic, all in the name of Jesus and Christianity. I'm done with it all. Give a gift of forgiveness to your earthly father who so misrepresented the father to you. Your heavenly Father is not a God who has, wants to have a relationship with you only in the four walls of the church. He's a beautiful Father that wants to kiss you with the kisses of His sweet lips all day, every day. And He has, I teach my children, He's got so many kisses for you throughout the day. It might just be a, a, the sound of a bird. It might be somebody doing an act of kindness. It might be somebody just letting you in when you're trying to pull out in your car and they just stop and let you in. And maybe a little wave, whatever it is. Learn to see your heavenly Father who is openly rewarding you with the kisses of His sweet lips throughout your day. He's a good, good Father. He's an amazing Daddy. And when we focus in on what others have done to us, what our pastors have done to us, what our bosses at work have done to us, what the president's done to this nation, whatever your persuasion might be for good or for bad. People, it's just such a division right now and always has been here in our nation and many nations of the world. One political party versus another political party. Whatever it is, I want you to know none of that is your heavenly daddy. He is not of this world. He is in heaven and His kingdom wants to come in your life. And you can turn to Him wherever you are right now. Just turn to Him. Let His affection come upon you. Let His voice come to your heart. As you forgive those who've sinned against you, let His voice, His sweet voice come now to you and give you His peace and His joy and His goodness and His provision and His kindness. Oh, His kindness and His goodness. Let it come. May you all experience Daddy God's goodness on an upgraded level because you forgave yourself, you forgave your fathers, you've forgiven them all. And now there's no division. You have an undivided heart in His love.